0: All right, all right let's do it I, all right we're here for another episode of jiu-jitsu unraveled with darth raider yes all right so hey man i, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to come on the podcast uh, I've, this is great to sit down and uh, get to ask you some questions and talk jiu-jitsu with you so Awesome. Yeah, man.
1: It's going to be great. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: All right. Excellent. Well, Hey man. So like one thing I just like, let's start at what I think is probably your beginning is when I know, I know quite a few things about you. I've seen you compete. I've followed you over the years. I've been a fan. Um, but I'm like, man, Justin Rader, his wrestling's insane, you know, but okay. So what drew you into wrestling when you were younger? And yeah. then how did you make that transition onward is basically.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so it's, it's so funny. And, and, and I got asked this the other day on a, a, another interview that I did. And, uh, you know, like, like someone that someone, was more specifically towards, you know, like, did you always know? Like, was it always your dream to be a world champion? No, it wasn't. Was it my, like, like what got me into wrestling? Was it me? You know, was it my own volition? Was it something I always wanted to do? No, it was not. I was four, yeah at four years old you don 't you don 't have any idea you 're happy just like you know like like what do you want to do at four? You want to sit around on Saturday morning and watch cartoons you don 't want to get up at six a m to drive an hour and a half to you know somewhere in Oklahoma, you know, to go to a wrestling tournament. that's, you know, cause like it's scary and, and it's confrontational and tournaments look larger than life when you're four years old and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, so my father is the one that got me started. Um, I was between the ages of four and five. I actually started Taekwondo uh, as well just a little mm-hmm. bit before wrestling and i did wrestling in taekwondo uh, uh and, and and i even did a little bit of kyokushin karate in there for like a, almost a 10 year span wow and i had no I got, idea yeah yeah so i, I actually have a uh what you call like a junior black in in taekwondo before i stopped and i and i like i said i did it for almost 10 years and i have a brown belt in kyokushin karate but again that was from like gosh to almost 20 years ago you know that I that I stopped training those arts and it was about age 12 that I started training jujitsu but my like I said my father's the one that got me started he just you know like like you know most parents was just like man this is going to be a great you know one like like uh, physical activity, um, you know, that that he'll be able to get into. Uh, it'll teach him, you know, honor, respect, uh, hard work, integrity, you know, dedication, discipline, it'll build his self esteem and confidence, you know, like those were things that all, you know, like, just like every parent, you know, is, is looking for for their child. That's what my dad uh, wanted me to get out of it. And, and, you know, did he get me into it, you know, because one day I was going to be a world champion no he it was something he did as a kid with his father his father got him him into it and and when my dad got to about uh, high school he he kind of stopped everything and you know really focused on his his grades and academics which is you know kind of what they wanted you know me to do as well I just decided not to stop I just kept going and going and going but so yeah I, I was four years old when I got started in wrestling and uh You know, like uh, I got started, uh, my very first wrestling coach was Kevin Hendricks, who was Johnny Hendricks' father, and I was on that team.
0: Oh, wow, cool. Yeah,
1: for quite a few years. And, uh, you know, like, I mean, Johnny, you know, was was one of the best wrestlers in the state, even elementary school, you know, back then, but he wasn't like, you know, Johnny Hendricks, you know, like, like everyone knows him now, you know, and uh, his his father, you know, was um, a a division one national champion in college. And so my dad. Uh, uh you know, and and now running my own, you know, academy, you, you start to see the business side of things, you know, Uh a lot of people, you know, like, like, don't really look for like, you know, oh, my gosh, like, you know, like, 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 you know, cause sometimes they just don't even know what it all means, you know, but like my dad sought out the highest, most accomplished, most credible instructors and coaches that he could. That was kind of what mattered most to us, which, you know, like from the learning from the business side of things, I've come to realize it's like, that's usually not what everyone's looking for. They're looking for like, you know, how close is it? You know, how much is it? You know, what's the schedule yeah. like? Yeah those were things that were not, you know, on, on our radar, you know? So like uh, it was so funny, like when I started Taekwondo um, I mean, they had, you know, the, the team that I was on was a, a team called Pooh's Taekwondo. And uh, I mean, they had guys, you know, even, you know, like, like Olympic caliber, uh, you know, teaching and, 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 and competing at that time. And that place happened to be like, gosh, maybe three or four minutes right across the street from, uh, where I was, uh, the house, that we were living in at the time. So, Hey, that just worked out really, really great, you know, but my wrestling, uh, the wrestling program, you know, and there were other closer wrestling programs, but man, we would drive across town, you know, almost 30 minutes to, to wrestle in Edmond, Oklahoma for the Edmond Bulldogs, because that was, you know, where my dad felt like these are the highest, you know, uh, most credible instructors, you know, as well as getting, you know, like, like, like really good training partners, you know, like, I I remember my very first day, you know, I was already wrestling with some kids that, you know, had been wrestling for, you know, a year and a half, two years, and were already some of the best, you know, wrestlers in the state, Uh, uh, you know, like, like, I believe my very first day I wrestled with a, you know, a couple of kids named Sean Langley and Shane Carruthers. And, uh, they kicked the holy tar out of me and, uh, and it was terrible. I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't feel like I was any good. I walked in there and I just got beat down hard, which is how everyone, you know, like, like that's, it's, it's, it's almost a rite of passage, you know? And, uh, you know, so like, like, you know, I, I remember I cried the whole last half hour of my very first practice, you know, even like, you know, going out there and wrestling and doing the conditioning at the end. Like I, I cried the entire time and, and I didn't want to go back but it wasn't a choice. My dad made me go. And uh, so we went back and we went back and we went back and we went back and for, oh, I don't know, probably the next eight years, like, you know, I went through a lot of, Like, like, I wanted to quit, you know? But at the same time, like, I also wanted to, you know, make my dad proud. And so I didn't quit. And, and there were times it was really hard. Like my dad's also a doctor, you know? So like there, were, there was one time and I didn't think this one through again, I'm like six, you know, but it was just like, I wanted to try to play sick, you know? well, my dad's a doctor. So I didn't think that one through, you know, so he pulled me out, pulled me out from underneath the bed. No, nope, We're going to practice. You're not sick. You know, cause he knew I just, I didn't want to go just cause like, I just didn't enjoy it because I didn't feel like I was any good. And you know, uh, if, if I were to go back and do anything differently, I would maybe have taken it, you know, a little bit slower. Like I did my first competition, like only a month after you know like like being in the room or whatnot and and it was so scary and and it built up like a traumatic mental block in my mind i just i just you know from a very young young age i just associated like uh that tournaments were big and scary and hard you know and i was i was really you know after after years and years and years i I was really a great room wrestler you know like in the room i could hold you know my own with some of these state champion caliber wrestlers but I just couldn't do it. Like I would go out there and I would lose to, you know, I would I'd go to and out and I would lose to people like, you know, while, while, while the friends that I would do well with in practice were winning, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't a technique thing. It wasn't, you know, it, it, it was a very little bit of a physical thing, but it was 99% a mental thing. And that was just something that I had to get over. And, and like I said, I, I, there were different times, you know, throughout the years I begged to quit. I begged, but my dad just wouldn't let me. You know, and and and, it, and you know, again being on this side of the, you know, uh, business side of things or whatnot. You know, like like I see it all the time too. Parents will like, you know, ask their kids, you know, hey, well, what do you think or whatnot, and they 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 will let them make the decision. No. <laughs> Oh, you don't want to do anymore. You want to quit, you know, like, okay, well, he's not interested anymore. You know, we're going to go ahead and quit. And it's just like, you are setting him up or her up for just like, like, it's a slippery slope to begin walking, you know, like, 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 you know, at least finish out whatever time frame you have through, like, you have to finish everything you started. My Like when I started other sports, my parents made me finish, you know, whatever season, you know, this, that, and the other whatnot, like, you know, but like, like, the, if you leave the decision up to a, an, an eight-year-old, they don't have the maturity to decide whether they should keep going yet or not. They don't possess that maturity. If, I, if, if my parents just, oh, you don't want to do it? Okay, well, you don't have to do it anymore. It's your decision. Dude, I, who knows how you know, I may have turned out and who knows what my life would look like otherwise. I learned the value of hard work and discipline because they made me go even when I didn't want to go, you know? And there's so much value to that, you know? So I look back now and like, I think my father every single day that he never, ever, ever let me quit because eventually you have those breakthrough moments and, and then another breakthrough moment, you know? So like I said, I got asked, you know, just the other day on a podcast uh, uh, interview, like, was it always your dream to be a world champion. No, it was not. It was not always my dream. That probably didn't start to surface until I was about 16 years old. And I started to have some success in high school wrestling and, and I did pretty well. And I started to have some success in jujitsu and I did pretty well. And like, I, you know, I, you know, won some Pan Am medals, you know, and, and, and I just, it was just kind of the next step, the next step, And I, I just kind of kept pushing it to see just how far I could go. And lo and behold, you know, about what, gosh, you know, eight years, you know, after, after that, you know, I won my first, you know, Nogi Jiu Jitsu Black Belt World title, you know, and, and and then I started fighting, you know, professional mixed martial arts. And I did that for about five years and took that as, as far as I could too, you know, and I, and, and I look back, and I'm just like, there's so much, that i learned from my my story and my journey and now i get a chance as an instructor as a teacher to share that you know with you know the new the new generation uh coming up and it's absolutely awesome and i love doing it so that's a little bit you know like uh you know about about my background and and it's also funny too everyone likes to give me a lot of like you know kudos and credit for like being a great wrestler I am not, I am not a great, my skills, like, dude, you, you want to see like, you know, really good wrestlers, you know, watch the division one national championships, you know, like those, those guys are good. I, I do some things well, and I've been doing it for a long time, but man, those guys, you know, they are, they are the elite of the elites, you know, the, the Kyle Dakes and the David Taylors and the Jordan Burrows. you know, those the, the Kyle Snyders, those guys, you know, I, I get a lot of credit for it because I I kind of brought over what I knew and I kind of hybridized it, you know, in, in the jitsu submission grappling world, you know, which is great, which is fantastic. Um, but uh, I, I think a lot of people, you know, I, I, I won some big matches with some takedowns and, and it kind of developed into this, like, you know, Oh my gosh, like, you know, don't, don't, don't stand and play takedowns with Justin Rader. That's, you know, and, and honestly it is probably you know, like where I, you know, had the best opportunity of winning, you know. But, uh, but, but I think it was, you know, like, like, you know, people say, don't fight names, you know, like, uh, uh, I, I love the, the, the moment in Gladiator where Juba is talking to Maximus. He says, you have a great name. He has to kill your name before he kills you. And, uh, and, and, and it's kind of the same principle. Like, it just kind of became known. Like, I, like, I won a couple of big matches, you know, with some takedowns and, uh, you know, it was, it was almost like, like no one really just challenged me very much anymore when, when it came to takedown. So that's, that's kind of how all that developed. But I don't, I don't, I don't think of myself as like, you know, a really great or elite wrestler. I mean, I'm, I'd, I'd say I'm solid, you know, and, and, and fairly decent at some things, but man, there are some really good wrestlers out there that, you know, that really know what they're doing. So, uh, uh I just wanted to, you know, throw that in there as well.
0: Man, we have this, um, he was a national champion he coaches a, a college that's probably at 20 miles from us and he's a blue belt in jiu-jitsu but he's like a heavyweight his name's Leroy gardner do you ever you ever meet or know that guy uh,
1: i don't know that name off the top of my head no
0: he is so good man and like his wrestlers coming cross train is great cross training with those guys but when, oh, yeah. he, when he comes in he just wrecks shop it's so <laughs> he's a boy. he's like i'm just a blue belt guys national champion division three but um he's he's super nice guy too
1: wow that's awesome
0: yeah yeah nice having having him nearby for sure uh so how 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 has you mentioned like that you hybridized some of your wrestling for jiu-jitsu um you think you could elaborate on that a little bit like in what ways have you have you crossed it over Is like is one a, a foundation or a base for the other like how would you describe that
1: Yeah. Well, I, I started wrestling, like I said, at about age four, I did that, uh, you know, so, so when I started jujitsu, it was about age 12 and for maybe a, you know, half year, almost eight months, I kind of did all three, you know, I was taking Taekwondo, I was taking wrestling, um, and, and jujitsu, you know, so jujitsu and Taekwondo are not seasonal. Those are all year round kind of things. Wrestling is seasonal but it just got to become too much so we I was what about uh 6th grade 5th grade um 5th grade 6th grade when I, I I decided to just put a stop to uh, uh taekwondo and uh, uh, uh uh, Kyokushin karate as well um, which i'd already kind of taken a stop to that uh, anyways and i just stuck with wrestling and jiu-jitsu I, I found jiu-jitsu because um you know i i was you know like i said my father had me in a lot of different martial arts and uh one of the dads on the wrestling team that i was on i had uh, started wrestling for the deer creek elementary team like i said it must have been about maybe fifth grade and um one of the fathers there knew that we were, you know, big into martial arts. Well, he had driven by a place that said jujitsu and uh, that was the only word that, that, that he saw and that he knew. And so he mentioned it to us and, you know, we went and checked it out and I just started training jujitsu, uh, from that point on. And, uh, when I did, like I said, I, I dropped Taekwondo at that point, you know, because on it, like as I grew older too, seventh, seventh, eighth, ninth, you know, um, academically you know I started to have more homework that started to take up more time had to put more effort into that you know and, and, and my parents were always like you know hey like you know as, as long as you're making straight A's you know then then you can do other things but if your grades start to falter well then everything else we're gonna you know like you won't be able to continue doing this you won't be able to continue doing that so I always you know like 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 the, the load that my academics took and um uh uh you know the the load that you know wrestling season takes you know as well as jiu being an all-year-round sport you know i I, j- I just you know we decided to put a stop uh to some of these other things as well to pursue this uh this this um this new path and uh you know so when and you know again like you know sixth grade you know especially by seventh grade i was wrestling for the middle school team you know uh during wrestling season i was actually not uh, training jujitsu at all. I would, you know, take a break, and I would do all of, you know, the the wrestling season. Because between, you know, those practices and my commitments to the team during the season, um, you know, just just became too. I mean, I, I like in wrestling. I mean, like like you know, after your first, you know, almost, you know, not even quite two months you know, into the season, I mean, then, then your competitions start for the next, you know, almost three months after that. And I mean, it is almost every, you know, other than, you know, Christmas break, you know, especially by the time you get to January, I mean, every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday was competition, you know, Tuesday night duel, Thursday night duel, Friday, Saturday night, uh, or sorry, Friday night, you know, uh, uh, or sorry, all day Friday, all day Friday and all day Saturday, you know, was a wrestling tournament, you know, and I was getting like, I would get nearly 50 matches in in a season, you know, in about, you know, the better part of about three months. And uh, so it's, it's, it's incredible when you think about it, like, you know, you think about, you know, jujitsu tournaments and, and if you're not able to, to travel very much, like, you know, you get maybe like, if you're lucky, you get maybe five, six matches in a year, you know, I was getting 50 wrestling matches in like three months. So it, it definitely helped in that way. And uh, so once I got to that point, you know, um, uh, I, I would wrestle during wrestling season. And then I would only you know, I would do like once off season hit, I didn't mess around with freestyling Greco too much. I did it a very little bit. But I basically returned right back to jujitsu. And so I already had about eight years of wrestling when I started jujitsu. I didn't like wearing the gi. And but it was so important that that I did train in the gi. And you know, like you, you hear it all the time, like, you know, should you train gi, should you train no gi? Should you train both? You know, should is it is it good to only train one or the other? Like I don't see any like like I think it's actually limiting if you only do no gi or if you only do gi. I think you're missing a whole uh uh side that can complement, you know, uh one to the other because of the the different things and the different nature, you know, of what grappling in both is like. You know, and so I trained so much in the Gi that I actually started my, my, my Gi game, if you will, actually got better than my no Gi game. And then when I kind of switched back and I reverted over to no Gi, all of a sudden my no Gi game shot through the roof, you know, and, and it was great. And then I you know more and more Gi, more training in the Gi, more training in the Gi, more training in the Gi. You know, I'd switch back over, no Gi. Morgi, morgi, more morgi, more nogi. more gee, more, gee, more gee, no gee. And, uh, you know, I, I think you might always, you know, prefer one over the other. Like, uh, at the end of the day, if you ask me, you know, gun to my head, you know, which one do you like better? I, would like no gi better. I, I like submission grappling better. It's, uh, you know, a, a little hard to harder to control me, to grab on and just hold me down or just hold me in place, you know, and I can't move around quite as much uh, in, in, in the gi as I can in no gi, you know, but uh, but at the same time, like, you know, if I had always moved at that pace, you know, and no gi is a very, 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 very fast, much faster than the gi, you know, if I had always moved at that pace, I may not have been able to, you know, take the time that I needed to, to slow down and really think things through and, 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 and thought process wise, you know, gather that info, the way that I needed, which is why I believe it's so important to train gi and no gi, because training the gi will force you to slow down if you can't just slow down yourself. And the gi helped me start to to see, understand, analyze, and realize the most common reactions in certain uh, positions and the way people would move. And I started doing that. I brought that over to no gi, and it was like, okay, well, like these are normally, like most commonly, this is what happens. And I started to plan for it. So if you already know, you know, and have a really good idea of what's going to happen before it happens, it's not beyond a certain level of control and it's much easier to, to, to control where matches go. And uh, you know, the other thing that I did too was like, I made so many mistakes, you know, at the beginning, trying to integrate my wrestling uh, with my jujitsu. And there are a lot of other reasons as to how that played out as well. Like I started training jujitsu in 1998, you know, and i would go to jiu-jitsu tournaments the the first of all like there weren't kids classes you know like there really weren't kids classes during that time second of all there weren't kids tournaments you know like 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 in abundance like there are now with a bunch of kids to compete against there there wasn't that i started competing as an adult when i was 13 just because i had to like it was the only way to get matches you know But most adults, you know, especially starting out in jujitsu and a grappling art hadn't really grappled before. So their wrestling was, well, god awful. It was not good. And and so it gave me a huge edge, you know, I, I actually never won an adult white belt tournament. Um, you know, I, I got a couple matches as a kid, maybe like here and there, like, you know, there'd be one kid here, one kid there. I, I won some gold medals that way, but I actually never won a, a white belt gold medal. You know, I got, I got third, you know, uh, quite a few times at the the adult level. And then I got to my blue belt and I, you know, I was 16 and you know, I was, you know, starting to get a little bit of strength or whatnot. And and I could really, you know, getting that first takedown points, you know, really, really helped. And you know, like that's kind of how I started to form strategy. It was like if I could walk out there, you know, and I can take you down, as long as you don't sweep me and as long as I, you know, don't tap. I win. And it was pretty easy to put you know together a strategy like that. And that's why it's one of the things that I, ha- I think wrestling helps so much with was wrestling helped me strategize because the rules of wrestling are different. You have three individual separate periods uh, that are much shorter. And so you can be saved by the clock if you're in a really bad position. And then you get to make a decision that you know you get a, a decision in one period in the, in, and then in the third you know uh, or, or, or or vice versa then your opponent gets you know a decision uh, as to where you know like what position they want to start in for the next period and and those kind of things like you know th- there's a real strategy that goes into that you know depending upon was there a score in the first period was there not a score am I winning am I losing you know do I want to know what I have to do in the third period so give you know defer right now give him the choice all those things are strategies so it helped me really form strategy which was something else you know especially like a long time ago i didn't see a whole lot of going on in in the jiu-jitsu you know grappling world was there. it seemed that people just didn't they didn't i i couldn't like i would watch you know other people grapple and i would watch their matches it was just like they're going out there and 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 they don't really seem to like like they know what they're doing as far as like moves but they're not like like there didn't seem to be like an overall game plan at all um, you know and so mine was go out there take you down and make sure that I didn't get swept and make sure that I didn't tap and I would win. And that was awesome. You know, cause like, especially being 16 competing in the adult divisions, like, you know, like 23, 24, 25, you know, even at like almost 30 year olds at that time. Like, you know, they, they still possessed a lot of like, you know, strength uh, and, and confidence over the years that I didn't have developed, you know? So a lot, i won, i won a lot of two zero matches um, as a blue belt because every jujitsu match starts on the feet which I didn't realize at the time, but, you know, uh, ended up being a huge X factor and advantage for me because, you know, considering starting on the feet or already being on the ground, you know, like, like, where was I, you know, where did I hold the greatest advantage? Well, it was standing on the feet. So I got to start every single match on the feet, which is where I feel like almost against anyone in the world, especially nowadays in in grappling is where I have my like, like, that's, that's, that's my position. That's the position I like to be in, you know, I you don't get to start in, you know, spider guard, you don't get to start in guard you have to work your way there you know from the standing on the feet which is where every match starts you know and even walking out there to pull guard there's still a moment on the feet where you have to make sure you don't get taken down and that was where I started to really hybridize you know my wrestling to adapt it especially for people who wanted to pull guard and I developed an entire offense of being able to shoot before any contact happened you know and uh, unfortunately over the years like you know like eh jiu-jitsu refs are 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 not wrestlers and so their ability to understand and even interpret what happens on the feet is you know I think it's better now but it was incredibly limited it's still in some ways limited but they weren't good at all so they were they were I mean I missed the buttload of takedown points over the years that I probably should have gotten you know but uh but but you know at the end it all turned out you know in the wash so I made so many mistakes. I definitely got caught in guillotines. I got caught in triangles. You know, there there was a, you know, like, like, you know, instead of like, you know, really, you know, technical mount escape or whatnot, like there were times when I would try to just bridge, you know, which I still think has value, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, I would turn and give my back. I would get caught. You know, I just, I made so many mistakes, so many years or whatnot. So like when people ask me, you know, what, what it looks like, um, you know, like, like how did I hybridize it and all that kind of stuff? It took time. It took a lot of time, you know, like, I mean, I, I started jujitsu when I was 12 and I'd already been wrestling eight years. I wrestled all through high school. So for, you know, I won my first, you know, Nogi Jitsu world title in, you know, two thousand. 10. I won my first, you know, purple belt world title, uh, in 2007, you know, so, and I was 21 at this. So, I mean, we're, we're talking like it took, you know, 10 years of, you know, doing wrestling, doing jujitsu, uh, together. It took me 10 years before I really finally figured out or, or figured like, I've got, I've kind of got it figured out how I use my wrestling to keep myself safe, how I need to adapt it, you know, make sure I don't get caught in this guillotine, don't get caught in this triangle, you know, how I still utilize it to get my points to make sure they don't pull guard, you know, that was probably 10 years. And so, you know, when, when you think about it, like, you know, especially people starting something new, you know, when you start, you suck, you're not good, you know, and you get beat down and beat down and beat down. And that's not much fun. But, you know, you kind of get through it, you work through it, you start to have some success, it starts to become more fun, you build up some defense, you get to stay in the game longer, it becomes a little more fun. You know, it's, it's not much fun when you get beaten like eight seconds flat every single time that that sucks and you feel like discouraged and you know, like, you know, most people, maybe they can come back, you know, the next day and the next day they can keep it up a week, they can keep it up a month, you know, um, but a lot of people can't really handle that the ones that do, you know, uh, are, are, are better for it, you know, and they start to have some success and it, it, it just takes time and, 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 you know, so like, what, what, you know, again, happened to me was like, it, it just takes more time, you know, so let's say the learning curve for you know like when you start jujitsu let's say the learning curve is you know from here to here you know two three four five six months you start having some success okay all right well what i had to do was like 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 because i was wrestling into jujitsu and i was trying to you know find a way to merge both it made the learning curve out here so my learning curve was longer which you know if the learning curve is longer what happens then more people than not drop out, more people don't, don't, don't experience the success as soon as they, they would like to, and they fall into the trap of, you know what, I'm no good. I'll never be any good. You know, maybe I should just move on, try to find something else, you know? And, and so they quit. So what, you know, like, like when you talk about, you know, learning wrestling uh, and learning jiu-jitsu, you know i was very lucky in the sense of the fact that i kind of found both at an early age and i learned both at the same time you know uh, yes when i was wrestling you know i wasn't doing jujitsu and when i was doing jujitsu i wasn't doing wrestling but I, I i for the most part between the ages of 12 and 18 uh you know when i because I, I stopped wrestling in, in high school i actually didn't wrestle in college um you know, so like, uh, I I did both in tandem for eight years. And I got, you know, I I made all the mistakes at the lower belts. So that by the time I got to that black belt level, you know, I had put them together, you know, already really, really well. And it just, it it, it the learning curve was just longer, you know, but once again, because my father never, ever, ever let me quit as a kid, he didn't leave the decision up to me right he didn't turn to me hey you know it's your decision if you don't want to do this anymore you don't have to that's that's not that's not how it played out you know and because he didn't I was able to you know like like it was already instilled in me this discipline and this drive and you know like this this never quit attitude you know and because I had that I was able to get through it and and I was able to accomplish some some pretty big things
0: yeah man that's that's a great story to pass on to the parents of your students
1: (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah, I think I might pass your story on to the parents of my students.
1: Hey, I love it. I love it. You know, like, like I, I, I you know, and like, like people, you know, like when you think about, you know, going and, and, and teaching seminars and stuff, you know, like, you know, you always want to impart, you know, some wisdom. That's, that's one of the stories I I mean, of course, like, you know, an uh, hour and a half or so worth of techniques or whatnot. But, like, you know, I, I think, honestly, what you get most out of seminars uh, is, is, is hearing the stories, you know, uh, of, of, of those that came before you. And, and you know, like, man, that's, that's kind of where I want to go. And, and what was their experience like, you know, getting there and, like, hearing that it wasn't easy and, and it was a long road, you know, can, can be very encouraging and inspiring.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. So you've, you've done a lot of amazing things. You've mentioned some of your um, accomplishments in terms of titles and championships and the fact that you've fought in professional MMA, you've got this other traditional martial arts background. I didn't know anything about, but just in context of all of that, without, you know, Hey, let's talk about this match and that match and this match and that match and this guy and that guy,
1: <laughs> a
0: lot. I, I, there is right. So out of all of that, I, I, all your championships, what was the most satisfying for you personally and why?
1: Man, that, you know, and, and I I have been asked that question and, and it's almost kind of funny. It's almost like like it almost changes depending upon what season of life I'm in. And as I continue to look back at my career, it was like, you know, well, maybe – maybe you know and 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 not even just as my season of life changes but like you know like 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 i have so many students now and 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 i have just so many stories you know to look back and share like sometimes it's almost like you know like like what am i what do i believe that you know my 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 student body needs to hear you know and like whichever so can you really nail down one that's most important uh this that, the other. like it's 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 so difficult you know to do but if i was to you know like really 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 nail one down it would probably have to be like you know if, if i look back which one was probably like you know the the most satisfying um you know like uh, man there's there man there's i mean i could talk about so many but you know i i, I maybe i'll just mention a, a a couple and not go too too deep yeah, in, 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 into them um you know probably the 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 first biggest one that was most satisfying was uh was winning my first nogi you know jujitsu title world title at black belt because you know like it's it's you know um it it it, it kind of takes them you know taking the monkey you know get, getting the monkey off the back you know like like finally won my because i had one one a purple belt in the gi i had one one at brown belt in no gi you know and uh i i i had just gotten my my black belt you know like two and a half almost oh three oh. Yeah, three I got I got my black belt three months before competing in the, the Nogi Jiu Jitsu Worlds as a black belt. You know, in fact like I got my black belt a week before competing in the American Nationals. And uh, uh I was actually able to win the American Nationals in in Nogi um at that time. And then uh, uh I turned right around, you know, like almost, you know, two and a half months later by that point in time, and uh and 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 won my very first black belt, you know, Nogi world title and uh, had had some really tough matches. Um it was. Uh, it was. This this is a really funny story that a lot of people don't know. Leading up to to that first black belt world title, and then I'll talk about one other that that you know was uh, uh, really really satisfying to me as well. Because I'll, I'll I'll nail it down to 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 two or three. But but this story is this story is hilarious. Um, so I'm I'm at I'm at the Nogi Worlds, and uh, the the day's about to or not not the day because like the the lower belts compete on on like. Thursday and Friday, and then you have the black belts on Saturday, and uh, uh, at that point in time, it was, it, we didn't even have, like for Nogi, they didn't even have a, it wasn't even on Sunday. I, I think it was it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, or maybe it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I I, I can't really remember that, but I remember on, on being there on one of the earlier days, and I was, you know, I went down, checked my way and all that kind of stuff. I'm walking up the stairs, and uh, uh, Mackenzie Dern was coming down the stairs, you know, and, uh, you know, I had, you know, uh, uh, you know, of course, seen around her and I said, like, Hey, what's up, McKenzie, blah, 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 you know, and uh, she was like, Hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, she, uh, she asked me, like, you know, if I was competing, I can't remember if she competed in that tournament or not. Um, but I was like, yeah, it's, you know, gonna be my first one at black belt, you know, like, got 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 a pretty tough division, you know, even even a pretty tough first round, uh, you know, which I mean, I was being nice, you know, like, or, you know, uh, I, I was being modest, you know, and I was, man, I got a really tough first round. Cause I, I felt, I felt like the way the bracket had played out. Like I was like, man, I was like, man, I think this is, you know, excellent. I think it's perfect. You know, like, uh, the guy I had first round, you know, was definitely really, really tough. It was a guy named Hennon Borges. And, and I was like, yeah, I've got, you know, Henan Borges first round, you know, you're a super tough guy, but you know, I'm, you know, going to go out there and 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 really give it my all. You know, I didn't want to sound like, you know, too confident, you know, like, uh, uh, uh you know or or you know like you know someone who's like really really arrogant but i felt like i had a really you know like i really felt like i had the edge in that match and the way the match played out i really did but at that time but mckenzie mckenzie kind of just goes oh i'm sorry well go out there and do your best and i was just like 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 you're already counting me out like you like, come on now you know and uh uh you know that 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 day that match you know went went, went really really well for me and and then uh, I had another really tough guy in, in the semis named uh, Rodrigo Haniri and uh, he he was a really tough guy uh, back in the day and then I had Carlos Hollanda in in the finals you know who was a multiple time finalist in in both gi and no gi and uh, you know that match you know came down to the wire and uh, it's 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 also so funny too like you know, we have, we have refs decisions in this art, which I think are less good. You know, I don't really agree with refs decisions. I think an overtime is perfectly valid and necessary, especially at, you know, the level we're talking about now. But uh, uh, I have, I, this is a funny stat too. I've got some funny stats about me in grappling. I have never won uh, 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 in, in the IBJJF, um, I never won a refs decision except for two. And both refs' decisions I happened to win were the Nogi Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt World Finals. <laughs> so I guess if it comes out to all of the wash, if I had to trade all the other decisions in to win those two titles, I guess I'm okay with that. I can live with that, you know? Ah. So I won the decision over Carlos Holanda. I, you know, I, the next two years, I faced Kobri in the finals. And, and had so, you know, one of them was really, really close. The other one, he smashed me and he beat me by like, Fifteen points, you know, uh, but Cobrina is pretty good, and then and then I faced Cassino uh, in 2013, and uh, I was, you know, that the, the act, both both decisions I really thought I felt like you know I I, I should have won. They I felt like they shouldn't have even been decisions. Like Carlos Holanda was, you know, I, I didn't actually even score any points on him. It was one advantage to one advantage by the end, but uh, in in my match with um, Cassino. I, I I felt like I really dominated that match, and there were some points that I should have earned that didn't get put up on the board for whatever reason. And so I felt I felt I feel like you know both decisions were right, but uh, you just you just never know you know when 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 it, when it's left like that you know and like it it you know there are some I I really hate cliches for the most part. There are some that like are 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 okay, but like you know one of the cliches I hate the most is. Don't leave it in the hands of the judges, you know. Like, and if, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, like, like at the end of the day, like, you know, I guess you shouldn't. And that sounds like a really macho thing to say, but like, you know, you know what? If I'm going, if I, you know, if I'm, if if, if I'm in a real altercation, you know, against someone who you know doesn't have any martial arts training, yeah, you know what? You can tell me that all day long. I won't leave it in the hands of the judges, okay? I'm gonna go. Over there, I'm gonna take that guy apart or whatnot. I'm gonna defend myself and my family the way that I need to, and it's gonna be fine, you know. But we're not talking about like someone who's not well trained or not, We're talking about like two top tier eyes. And it's just not always going to end in submission. It's not always going to, you know, like sometimes the, the you know, like, like, you know, the, the, and that's why I think we should get rid of, you know, ref decisions anyway, but you know, don't leave it in the hands of the judges. Like, man, you know, that's a, that, I think it's a stupid, ignorant thing to say, but it sounds macho, you know? So the, the, so be, beyond winning my, 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 my first black belt world title uh, uh, in, in Noki, I think, I think probably the next uh, most satisfying win um, that I ever had um, you know, was, uh, uh, you know, which, which has a really good lesson, you know, and, and story attached with it as well, was uh, my very first match in the, t- the 2013 ADCC submission wrestling world championships, where I drew uh, Augusto tanquino Mendez first round, you know, <laughs> like, like, looking at that bracket too, you know, I, st- I still look at that bracket. I'm like, you know, man, like, you know, it, it really sucks that we got matched up in the first round. And, and it's another thing that I feel strongly about, like, especially at the level we're talking about, like, you'd think that there'd be, I don't know, maybe more, you know, actual seating and rankings going on, but there isn't. And that needs to be fixed. But, you know, so I, I drew Tankino first round. And I, I remember, like, I had, I, you know, traveling to Beijing, you know, and I was cutting so much weight. And, uh, you know, like, like I was miserable, and it was terrible. And, uh, you know, I, I remember hearing the brackets came out and I was like, well, who, you know, who did I get first round? And uh, they were like, you, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and so someone said, you know, Augusto Mendez, and I, just, I sat up, I was like, I drew Tanquino first round, you know, and, and a lot of people don't know this, Tanquino's previous two wins before that match, he beat Cobrina and Rafael Mendez back-to-back in the Gee World Championships and I was his very next match you know and I'm just like like dad come like man I drew like you know like like because my my previous two ADCCs I had you know Rafael Mendez in the finals and he went on to be champion of both of those and and now I drew like the guy that just beat him first round and uh and and I remember like you know starting to like almost disbelieve in myself and you know I, I was almost like accepting defeat and starting to make excuses and and then we weighed in and i saw him at weigh-ins and he looked like you know he was kind of struggling too with the weight cut yada 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 you know he just didn't and and, and when i saw that it kind of like reinvigorated and re-inspired me and i was just like i started to believe again and uh you know it it it, it, it really, really taught me, it was just like, man, that's so it's so important that you just, you know, like, 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 no matter what, no matter who, you've just got to believe in yourself. And I went out there had a 20 minute, you know, absolute, very tough match. Uh, with him, and uh, you know, in 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 the ADCC, I you know uh, they they have two overtimes, and we did both overtimes, and and then they have a decision uh, making process after that, and I did uh, I was able to win the decision there, uh, which was nice, but it was it was you know like probably you know because I've, I've I've had some really big wins you know in in my career, uh, but that one was was you know really it, it really showed me like I, I really do have what it takes to. To hang with the very, very, very top guys on a consistent level.
0: You know, one of my guys uh, wanted me to to ask you this. Uh, he's actually going to be um, our second student ever that we promote to black belt. He's going to be like him and another guy, right? And he's he's actually one of my mentors in history, right? Like oh, awesome. he, was, he was my history professor coming up. Uh, he's he's trained with you before. His name's Jeff Woods, but yeah you know, those matches you mentioned with um Cabrinha and Mendez, those guys being like top tier um what did you what did you learn from those matches like you you kind of mentioned like kinda like you had kind of like put them in some context between like oh this guy beat them and and I mean I, I look at those guys uh in a very similar way. I look at you by the way, right It's like wow, these guys are just top tier yeah. but y- what was it like uh, rolling with those guys in, in a high level competition like
1: that? Incredible. Absolutely incredible. You know? And cause, cause those are two guys like, you know, I remember watching Cobrinha, you know, as a blue and purple belt, you know, like, like the, the, the year I won the purple belt worlds in, in the Gi, Cobrinha won black belt worlds uh, in the Gi, you know? So, I mean, he was already the man and, you know, like, like, I, I, I had four matches, you know, with Cobrina and I went zero and four, and I had five matches with Rafael Mendez, and I went zero and five, and I had two matches with Guillermo Mendez, and I went zero and two, so if you add all those up, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's funny when you look at my black belt record, you know, I have 11 losses, you know, uh, 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 to only three guys, <laughs> those three guys together you know constitute more than half of my losses at black belt uh which is kind of (laughs) funny just just another funny stat but it was absolutely incredible but each one of those matches like those guys you know like like in and and the year that i won purple belt worlds um, was also the year that rafael mendez uh, and his brother won purple belt worlds they they were at the weight class below me uh at that time they were at uh, light feather and I was at feather and uh, you know I I had you know definitely you know knew about them and 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 seen them. but 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 Cabrinha was already winning at black belt you know so for 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 Cabrinha, it was like you know like like getting out there and going with him and 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 doing good and like I mean I had what I had one match you know two match three I had I mean I had three matches with him that were decided by uh, uh two points or less you know, and wow. and then and then the uh, the fourth match, like I said, he beat me by like I don't know, fifteen, seventeen points. It was it was, it was it was it was it was it was the the and and that match was my my second match with him in the Nogi World Finals, and uh, that was that was the first time like he he had actually gotten to be on top for like a significant you know amount of time. I, you know, because with my wrestling and everything, I was able to you know kind of you know continue to maintain and keep top position. But uh, the one time he got on top of me, it was just like like I know heavyweights. I've grappled with even even some pretty high level heavyweights, that that don't have that kind of pressure. I mean, that was absolutely. I I mean, I I I felt like there was a semi truck on top of me, and I I I remember thinking in the middle, I was just like like I really can't move like this is wrong, (laughs) which is not a good place to be. You're like, oh my gosh, like what's going to happen now, you know? And, and, and I eventually, um, oh yeah, that's, 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 (laughs) this is, you know, cause, cause I'm a strategist, like, you know, wrestling really taught me that, you know, like I was trying to escape, trying to escape. He ended up getting my back and sunk this RNC so deep. There was no way out, but there was, (laughs) I remember, I remember I'm like, oh my gosh, out of bounds is less than two feet away. And so, I mean, I couldn't breathe. I was caught dead to rights. I rolled out of bounds and the IBJJF, they stop it and they give Cobrinha two more points and they stand us back up on the feet. <laughs> so I remember just, blah, you know, rolling as hard as I could to get out of bounds. Like, let's get this restart, you know, and like give me, you know, maybe another shot at like, you know, uh, 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 you know, because by that point in time I'm playing the Hail Mary game because I'm already down by like, You know 12 something points (laughs) you know but hey you never know maybe i could walk out there jump flying guillotine maybe catch him or something you know so like strategy wise it gave me the best shot but uh but you know i mean i had three matches with him that were decided by two points or less but uh but mendez mendez you know always had my number you know so you always have that one guy who's got your number for me that happens to be rafael mendez that guy just has my number. And, 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 you know, you talk about styles make mashup or sorry, styles make matchups. Like, you know, our, our, our styles, you know, like as, as they clash, they're like, you know, like almost completely 180 degrees. Like, I'm very much walk out there, try to take you down, stay on top. And he's very much walk out there, pull guard, you know, uh, invert, you know, at that time, you know, invert underneath and, and, and get to your back and choke you out, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, 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 I'm not saying that he's not, you know, absolutely elite in like every other area. I'm not saying that he can't Pat, cause he can, you know, like he, you, you, I mean, how many world titles has he won? Like probably more than 10, you know, or so whatnot. I think Cobrini, if you add them all up, it's like one, like 13 it's just like dude like once you get i mean you can do everything or not but like you know what what was he really really good at in those other high level matches and he was known for you know pulling guard you know uh, uh sweeping you into a position where he didn't really have to pass he was just already on your back and then choked you out you know so he just always had my number but you know competing with those guys like i talked about earlier it was just like you know uh, uh it, it, it helped me work through like competing against people with names you know it's just like like you know i you know like like i can compete and i can hang and uh you know like like it was also like like also too like when when you grapple with guys at that level like you know uh uh, it's 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 the same kind of concept it's like you know you show me your five friends and i'll show you your future you know like who are you constantly grappling with and around and competing against you know like i was constantly competing you know, constantly competing again, you know, and, and being around, you know, those kind of guys and, and not even just in a training setting, like an actual competition setting. And I, I mean, I had, like I said, five, like it's why I don't have any, uh, black belt, gi medals because it seemed like almost every tournament Pan Ams or worlds, you know, I faced Rafael Mendez in the quarterfinals all five times. All five times, I faced him in, in, the, in the round right before the medal rounds. <laughs> like, so that's, and, and that guy went on to win when he, those tournaments that he beat me and He was the winner. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's why I don't have any Gi titles. Because uh, 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 three of those times were, one was in the Pan Ams and twice was in the, or sorry, the Gee Worlds, I believe. Or maybe twice was in Pan Ams and one time was the Gee Worlds. I, I, faced that guy in, in the quarterfinals, the, the round before the medal rounds. So that's, you know, so it truly, you know, a, a fantastic experience, but, you know, just goes to show it's again, it's, it's kind of like that, like just being able to, to have the chances and that number of times to compete against those guys, like it kind of rubs off on you, you know? And uh, so those are probably the, you know, some of the, the, you know, what, what it was like and, 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 what I gained, you know, grappling with those guys over the years.
0: Yeah, man. Awesome. So, um, couple, a couple more, uh, questions for you here, Justin. Uh, so some moves that like, I've kind of, uh, I've got to train with you a couple of times since you've been coming and hanging out. And like, there's, there's this one time, um, oh, were, you th- were you there when I got my, when I was promoted to bite boat, is that correct? So. Yeah. Okay. So I think it was that one. Right. But yeah. like you're, you're teaching guillotines and Nate and I, Nate Murdoch and I were over there being like oh man you're so enlightened that's what nate said he's <laughs> so enlightened but uh you know like you have some signature moves calf slash or the truck guillotine these are some things i know you for um what are some either you know how did you go about developing the game you put together is it your game based around these things are those your signature moves do you have other things you that are your preferred go-to's like
1: you know, you start talking about, you know, I was talking about some funny stats earlier. Here's another really funny stat. You know how many arm bars I've done in my, you know, what, 21 years of, of jujitsu?
0: In competition or just rips? competition?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, competition. You know how many arm bars I've finished in competition? I'll, I'll let you guess.
0: Ten. Zero. Ah, I was gonna say zero.
1: Even at white belt, blue belt, I've never finished anyone by arm bar. I finished one triangle. I've done like two or three Kimuras. I've done I've actually finished zero ankle locks. I have one heel hook finish in a fight to win pro. Uh, so it's nice that I, I, I got at least one on the leg. And that was uh, uh, something that Ryan Hall showed me, which was awesome. But most of my finishes are guillotine and calf slicer. So how did that develop, you know, uh, and a and, and couple different things. My uh, in, in, in high school wrestling, um, my 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 very the, the position I had the most success with, you know, uh, was a front headlock. And I was in, in, you know, especially middle school, high school, I was a takedown artist. Um, and I had some amazing coaches, you know, my, my, my head wrestling coach, Andy Howington, and my, uh, my assistant wrestling coach was a man named Matt Myrick. And, uh, man, they were, you know, some of the hardest nosed, toughest dudes, uh, around, but, uh, you know, especially Matt Myrick, Matt Myrick was a takedown artist. And, uh, so, so was I, it's what I did. I mean, I would go into matches, you know, in middle school, high school, and I would rack up, you know, seven, eight, nine takedowns, you know, some matches there. I, I had one match, you know, that I won, uh, 28 to 13. And I tech fall the guy, I got like, I think I got, I got, I got 13 takedowns uh, that match. And one of those, uh, uh, I took him down to his back and got a couple points uh, as well. So that, it's just kind of who I was. And, and, and I developed that because I developed a really good front headlock game. And, you know, I, I, I you know, won a couple of, you know, pretty big matches with my front headlock and it kind of just became known, like, don't shoot on Justin Rader, because then you're going to go underneath. And if he gets a good sprawl and wraps your neck and head and that front headlock of his, you know, I, I had a really good front headlock whip over um, where I could, you know, I start to spin around behind, you know, looking to get my points uh, for the referee's position in, in, in wrestling. And, you know, if you started to turn and keep up with me, especially if you try to like maybe take advantage of grabbing my legs, I was really good at whipping you right to your back and you. I pinned over like, I like, I pinned over like 70 people, you know, in, in my high school career with that. And so it just kind of became known, don't shoot on Justin Raider, you're really taking your chances. And uh, that really opened up my offense. And that's how, you know, I, I really kind of became a takedown artist. And, uh, but, but, you know, I, I I wasn't very good. I mean, I could get up from bottom, like, you know, really, really fast because of uh, uh, my coaches, but I wasn't really great on top top got me in trouble more often than not than anything else. So I just let people up, you know, take you down two points, give you one point for letting you up. take you down two points, one point of, you know, I mean, I scored two, three, four takedowns a period, you know, and, and I mean, I had, like I said, I had plenty of matches, but like, I would wear people down so much. You know, that like, okay, now, you no, know, so now I've taken you down three, four five times, I'm winning by three, four or five points, I can start, you know, really stalking you and putting pressure, you know, and you can't just keep backing up and wrestling, uh, like you can in jujitsu, because they're, they're much better at calling stalling calls and whatnot, you know, and, and you can use it as a strategy. And I forced people to shoot, because I left them with no other option or choice. And, uh, and, and I was really good at, you know, my front headlock whip over well in wrestling, you can't do a no arm guillotine. So I got really, really good at squeezing that thing with the arm in I put probably I think I put five kids to sleep, you know, in my my high school career. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, it, that really built up like, you know, some, some hype around, you know, my name it was just like basically, you know, like you're really taking your chances shooting on Justin Rader, And there was only like, you know, one or two kids in the state, you know, that, that were really good at shooting and, you know, turning that corner, making sure their head and neck was safe, you know, and, and being able to put me on my back, uh, you know, and, and, and get their points that way and change the whole, you know, complete nature of the, the the game and strategy I was going forward to implement. So I got really, really good at squeezing, because it's what I spent all my time doing, you know, practice, uh, you know, uh, competitions. So um, I just brought that over in uh, 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 into my jujitsu game. And, and I already had a, you know, a really good arm in guillotine when I was able to start doing it, no arm, you know, uh, it was just something, you know, I, I, I did a lot and I found it a lot because, uh, you know, like, like, I'm also not really good at, you know, holding and pinning people down for a long period of time, like, especially from side control. And you, you have to remember, too, like, when I say this, like, I'm talking from rasters, like, I mean, I was 16, 17, 18 competing against adults, you know, and, and I would even do absolute divisions, you know, I mean, there were, there were, you know, even people in my weight division you know, that, that were just, you know, older, bigger, and, you know, sorry, older and stronger that could basically bench press me, you know, like right off from side control. And uh, so I I developed a game that would, you know, let people turn, you know, and, and as they turn, you know, most people feel like turtle is a good position. Turtle is a terrible position. And the fact that it doesn't score points, you know, in, in jujitsu is an absolute, you know, atrocity and travesty, and just makes no sense. You know, the IBJJF gives it, you know, an advantage, which, you know, advantages suck anyway, and don't make sense. If you can't tell, I'm very, very passionate about uh, the the rules and the way that they're written. And, and I think that most of them are ridiculous, you know, and, 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 and I try not to be, you know, too harsh. Like, I think it sounded good in theory. I think you had to put it in practice, but like the fact that it's been in practice and, you know, like for as long as it has, and we can't seem to fix that problem, like really, Irritates me, but you know the the fact that you know turtle position you know doesn't score when I force you there uh, makes no sense. But I was really good at you know uh, uh, funneling and forcing people into that position, and I had a, a really good front headlock already. You know so. I, I, I used to finish by a lot of guillotines and, you know, again, it kind of like, you know, really opened up like, okay, well, you know, that's, it's why you don't see as many guillotine finishes from me because I use the guillotine to really shut you down. You have to sell out on stopping my guillotine that it gives me your back. And, uh, you know, so then, then you start talking about calf slicer, you know, where did the whole calf slicer thing, you know, uh, come into play and, and, and develop and how did that develop that actually like, like, uh, it's really funny. When I started training jujitsu, the rules were, were really, really different. Um, and, and there weren't, there there wasn't a whole lot of like, this is illegal until this belt and that's illegal till that belt. There wasn't a lot of that, you know? And, and, and so I was taught, I mean, I was taught how to do a calf slicer when I was a yellow belt in jujitsu. And uh, I remember I was 14 years old and it was the first time I ever tapped one of the adults in in training i was 14 years old and i got him in a calf slicer and just ripped his leg right off and it was awesome you know and then of course like you know like i don't know a a year later or so like oh my gosh now it's you know banned and illegal till brown belt which is stupid um it doesn't make sense but (laughs) you know uh so so i i've known about the calf slicer for a long time but uh I I wasn't able to really put it in use or practice or in competition, you know, especially at blue belt, because it became illegal. Um, but, you know, and, 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 and I'm sorry, like, I think the whole dividing things up by, you know, like dividing brackets up by belt is also stupid. I think that we shouldn't do that. But, you know, because we don't do it in no gi because you're not wearing your belt in no gi, you know, so like, you know, like as a, as a, uh, in, in my, like the very end part of my blue belt, uh, uh and beginning part of my purple belt, you know, like I was a purple belt, you know, in, in some cases, even a blue belt, but I was competing professionally in no-gi. Hmm. Okay. So I could do calf slicers in no-gi, but I couldn't do them in gi, <laughs> which in my opinion is just stupid, but whatever I digress, you know? So, uh, 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 I had a, a, a long, long, long time ago, I had a match with Ryan Hall and I saw Ryan, that. I saw was that. An excellent guard game. We had our first match at blue belt and I was lucky enough to, to, you know, uh, be able to win that match. And, uh, but man, uh, you know, like passing his guard, not easy, you know? And, uh, so it was like, you know, a, a lot of people tried to pass Ryan's guard and it was like well let's you know how about like like instead of you know trying to pass let's try to stack and go underneath and 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 i got you know i so i developed kind of a stacking you know uh, uh uh trying to force him in the turtle and and i would you know get my hooks in and 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 try to get my points that way and uh uh you know of course in practice like you know i i did you know and and, and every place is different like you know uh like at my academy i teach my kids how to calf slice i teach them how to wrist law, i teach them everything illegal because one day they're going to be able to use it you know like like you know some places you know like like you know oh you can't you can't roll you know you can't you can't you can't do certain like you have, you have to roll to the belt level of what the ibjjf considers is legal or illegal so like you know like you you, you can't learn how to you know, calf slice, you can't use calf slicers even in sparring or training at whatever academy. And not every academy is like this, but like a lot of them, like, you know, like, you know, you can't, like, like oh, you can't do that till brown belt. Like, like, people will actually get like butt hurt about that kind of stuff. And it's, to me, it's laughable and it's hilarious. And maybe because I didn't come from that, you know, I just don't see the point. It's like, I mean, at the end of the day, pain is pain. And what are you supposed to do in training when you have pain? You're supposed to tap and 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 then everything stops and and they let go or whatnot and you learn and you know so what are we really arguing about at the end of the day you get butt hurt because you got beat by a move that you don't know anything about because you don't train it or aren't supposed to train it or are told you can't and and now your pride and ego is hurt because you got schooled on something you know nothing about and 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 you know, it's, it's a glaring hole, but like people, Oh, you can't do that here, blah, 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 which is just like, it's a cop out. It's an excuse. Let's just call it what it is. And look, you know, let's look, you know, uh, at ourselves. let's look at the hard truth. Let's look in the mirror, you know, and, 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 and really face what's really happening. You know, like it was something you don't know and you got schooled in and now you want to whine and cry about it, you know? So that's, I mean, like, 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 you know, can my kids wrist lock in tournaments right now? no can they calf slice no you know can they heel hook no what else is illegal um knee uh, bars yeah bicep bicep can they knee bar? no can they you know uh can 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 they bicep slice no do i teach them these things yes i do right i don't hold back in what i teach them you know now i'm very very conscious and aware and i have you know uh usually three to four instructors on the mats when they're sparring anyway you know and it's just like look like first of all if you're in pain you know you tap and 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 that's on you that's your responsibility second of all like you know on some of these things like you know if you are especially you know and i, and I tell them this all the time like if you are higher rank and you are higher caliber you know don't 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 put things in like you know, so hard that that, that you hurt someone like, you know, man, they're trying to tap and they still get hurt. We want to try to avoid those things, you know, but like, like, especially with a calf slicer, you know, like you hang on to a calf slicer a little too long. And what, what happens you get up and it's like getting Charlie horse, like you limp around a little bit, like, you know, your calf kind of hurts or whatnot. Maybe you even limp around for a whole day, but you're fine. You, you hyperextend your arm to a certain point, like, 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 like the same kind of level. And you're done for like three to four weeks, you know? Cause like, oh my God, your arm tightens up and you can't use your arm. You know, so like like why is a calf slicer illegal, you know, at the kids level and 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 not legal till Brown, but you can arm bar someone. You know, like who thought this through, you know? And and I ask myself that sometimes, like, you know, why like like why was why why did they who 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 determined what should and shouldn't be illegal or whatever? So that's kind of how I feel about the whole thing, you know? But like, yeah, do I do I Teach them everything illegal. I absolutely do, you know, because I was able to develop it from you know like like a very very young age from the very beginning, and then I had opponents like Ryan Hall, you know, where I developed like oh man, this is how I stack to the back, you know, and I couldn't calf slice at that time because I was a purple belt, but I certainly you know drilled it and trained it, and 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 in purple belt, you know, it, 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 even being a purple belt, I could compete in in pro gi where I could you know like like heel hooks were sometimes allowed. Uh, 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 calf slicers were definitely allowed, you know, so I was able to put it in practice, you know, and, and, and do it for a very long time. And when you think about it, like, you know, I've won, I've won multiple tournaments, you know, um, where I was able to get at least one calf slicer. I've, I've won, I've won it. I, I won. I won one tournament at Black Belt where I calf sliced everybody. Why does it work so much? because it's a little unorthodox. You don't see see a lot of people out there where like that's like one of the number one things they're looking for. Well, for me it is, you know, why? Because it is unorthodox and people aren't really ready for it, you know? What are people ready for? arm bars what are people ready for rear naked chokes what are people ready for you know triangles you know so their defense is really high to this and whatnot like I've been in a number of matches with a number of high level guys that didn't see this calf slicer coming at all it just hit them like a you know a blind like they got blindsided by a truck and uh and and I was able to finish some some pretty high level guys with with the calf slicer just because it's a little unorthodox. The guillotine is a little more orthodox and so people are ready for it, you know? But I, I, I really use my, my guillotine and front headlock gain to, to shut people down so much that I get a free shot right to their back where I can roll and uh, uh, insert, you know, my, my, my hook to get my calf slicer. And uh, that's, that's why you see a whole lot of those. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how they both developed.
0: Nice, awesome, man. Thanks for sharing that. Of course um okay so last question and this is kind of just like uh basically uh will be a good uh place to maybe kind of cap the chronology here like what's it been like owning your own martial arts academy
1: incredible i absolutely love it it's been a fantastic experience uh, you know when you start out too it's like you know uh and i've been asked this before was it always your dream to have a martial arts academy nope Nope. Yeah. I didn't know I was going to be good at this until, you know, I I was in my early twenties anyway. So when did that dream start to develop? You know, I was probably about in my, my early twenties when I was like, man, like, this would be really cool to, to do one day, I see the benefits, I see the ability that I'm able to give back, I see the lives I'm able to change and impact. And, and that's what I love about it. Just like anything in life, are there things about it that I don't like? Sure. Are there things about it I'm still learning? Sure. You know, but you just you just have to put the time in, you know, like, like, when I was in my early 20s, you know, what what did I think was important? You know, man, having the best, you know, highest, world-class caliber skills that I could, that I could then teach, you know, to, to students later on. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's, there's a whole other side of it. Like, you know, was I like, 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 you know, did, I don't know how to, you know, I, like, I don't have a business degree, you know, I don't know how to market. I don't know any of that. I didn't know how to set things up. I didn't know how to sell memberships. I had zero experience in, in doing any of that. And it's something that I've had to, you know, there, there's a learning curve, like I said, to everything. And and at the very beginning, it was scary, you know, uh, very very scary. I, I I didn't know what I was doing, and uh, 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 you know, so like like having to to really, you know, like I mean, I, I I had the skills, you know, and 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 I have a curriculum that I wrote personally, you know. But it was like, okay, well now, how do I let people know where I'm at? How do I market? How do I get people in? How do I sell memberships? How do I take phone calls? I didn't have any of those skills, and uh, you know, so like, like my story, it's 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 just so funny the way it played out. Uh, you know, when I when I started on this journey, um, uh, a, a really good friend of mine named Caleb Plank, you might know him. <laughs> he, happened, he called. Yeah, right. Yeah, he called me one day, or not. He he sent me a text one day out of the blue, and uh, uh, you know, he was asking me if I might you know uh, come you know bring bring some of the uh, some of the guys to the tournament. I was like, well you know, like, like, I'm really not, you know, in in that stage of life right now. And, uh, and so we called and we talked and, and and I, I told him, like, you know, this is where I'm at, this is what I'm doing. And uh, man, he he provided so much insight and so much wisdom. Um, you know, like, I, I, I've learned so much from him, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, running this as a business, because he's out there. Uh, and, you know, what, I, how, I, is what like 12, 13, 14, maybe 15 years that, you know, Inferno martial arts uh, has been around and uh, you know, he's, he's really, really helped me um, you know, guide and mentor to me, which is something I think that we all need, you know, like uh, uh, and, and and the whole business aspect side of things or whatnot. Like I, 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 I was completely on my own. And so, you know, having someone like that, you know you know, who, who reached out and then, you know, now being able to turn to like, you know, we would not be, you know, having success, you know we're having here as a team without his guidance and without his input. And so I'm, I'm, I'm forever thankful and forever grateful to him and you know, like, like everything that he's, you know, but he, he taught me, you know, like, you know, here's how you answer phones. He taught me. Uh, you know, here's how you sell memberships. You know, he was like, "This is what we need to do." You know, uh, for marketing, this is what we need to do. You know, for this, that, and the other. And uh, you know, like, like even even situations that come up and arise. You know, because like I've I've really come to learn, like, you know, like like it's it's not so cookie cutter. You know, like there there are a lot of you know hey, this is part of the situation. You know, this is part of this person's you know scenario. They asked me this question. And I didn't know how to respond, you know, like, like, and, and, and so getting a chance to, to work with him, but, you know, the, I, the, 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 the whole aspect of, you know, getting to, to teach, you know, what I've been taught and pass on what I've learned and, you know, the ability to share these stories, uh, uh, you know, with, with those coming up after me is, you know, there, there's, there, i i I've, you know, seen so few things in life that are, you know, as rewarding and fulfilling, um, you know, as, as I get to do every single day. And, and I love seeing light bulbs turn on and I love seeing, you know, uh, you know lives be impacted and changed for the better. Does that necessarily like mean gold medals and equate to gold medals? No, it doesn't. You know, we've seen so many things happen in our academy already. So many stories, you know, of, of quote unquote off the map, you know, grades have improved, you know people standing up for their friends at school, you know, whatever the case may be, if we've seen seen so much of that already, and it's absolutely incredible. And there's nothing, honestly, I'd really rather be doing, uh, you know, with with my life, you know, but again, like, like, again, it's not without its problems. It's not without, you know, like, especially at the beginning, it was scary, you know, it was scary. And, and, and you get through that. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been really, really awesome. And I and I absolutely love doing it. And, uh, you know, like, like, um, uh, I, I had once built a, a leadership team up before of, of eight kids. And, uh, you know, that, that first team, um, you know, that I built, uh, I didn't, you know, I, I, I thought so much, like, you know, I was teaching them and I came to realize, like, I learned so much you know from that first team and 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 now we're getting to see we're, we're we're building it again and 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 I love you know as as much as I love teaching martial arts I also feel like you know as martial arts uh, instructors that we have a responsibility I don't think that there's anything out there Um, you know, as empowering and as confidence building as, you know, training in martial arts. I don't think you can get it from sports like football. I don't think you can get it from sports uh, to the extent quite the same as like basketball, you know, track, swimming, whatever, you know, whatever the baseball, whatever sport, I don't think anything teaches, you know, confidence and self empowerment like martial arts. And therefore I believe as martial artists that we have a, a very due diligence to do our very best to actually teach real leadership. And those, those eight leadership team kids, they, they really started me on this path of, you know, like, like, what is it, what is, you know, how do you really define the word leader? How, what is, how do you really define the word leadership? What do those things really mean? I see so many, and I see it all the time. I see people who pay lip service to it. Oh yeah. You know, we teach this and we, we offer, you know, like it'll, it'll build their confidence, self-discipline, self-esteem, you know, leadership, yada, yada. And they throw that term in there and it sounds really good. And I don't think most people have any idea what it means. I think if we ask people to define what a leader really is. I really would, you know, like, like, cause, cause I was, I know I was no different, you know, I was leading these, these eight kids. And I was like, I asked myself, I did, I, I got to a point where I didn't really feel like I was doing a good job. And so I asked myself, I was like, well, define leader, you know, beyond someone who leads people, you know, like, like, which is a very generic basic definition. I mean, I guess like, I mean, I guess that's true, but it's not what a leader really is. And, and I, and I, asked myself the hard truth. I looked myself right in the mirror, you know, and, and, and faced myself without any excuses. I was like, I can't do that. I can't define leader. And I was like, well, define leadership. And I couldn't do that. I was like, those are some big red flags. And that team, Because of that, you know, I, I started, I researched leadership. I started reading about it. I started listening to to leadership podcasts and, and I found this, I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like I have learned so much, you know, because of those first eight kids and and how they impacted and influenced my life, you know, and, and now, you know, now that I know what I'm actually doing. So like, I, like what I was learning, you know, I started to pass on to those eight kids, and seeing what, you know, seeing the, the change that it made, you know, for them and what they're doing with their lives now, you know, it's been absolutely incredible. And now we're doing it, I've got the second team. Uh, you know, that I'm building right now in inside of legacy martial arts. And, uh, you know, it's it's absolutely incredible. You know, I mean, I like, like, you know, it's it's a junior instructors leadership team that I've created, like, you know, I, I already I mean, I have, a, a you know, like, like an eight year old girl, you know, who's a gray black belt that can already teach and lead classes, you know, all by herself, she doesn't even need me you know, on the floor per se, you know, she actually already has all those skills and, and, and so many of them, like like I give them opportunities, you know, and chances to lead, they lead lineup, you know, another will lead warmups. Another will lead drills, you know, from time to time, I even let them teach techniques because I think it's great for the other kids, especially the little kids to look up to, to some of their peers and and be able to even learn from them. You know, there are things that they can do that are better, you know, like, like one of um one of the best students I ever had was uh, a woman now named Sarah Lau, or I say now named a woman named Sarah Lau. Um, She's now uh, like when she started training, you know, she was five and, you know, she's about to graduate high school now. And uh, you know, so like, you know, my, my, my game was always, you know, go out there, take you down, try to pass your guard, smash, stay on top. Uh, And so, you know, being one of my longest time students, her game was completely the opposite. You know, it was go out there, pull guard, wrap you up in spider guard. You can't pass here. Now I've swept you. Now I'm on top. Now I win. You know, and so you know, like like every single time she's able to come around, I, you know, I always give her a chance to 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 teach um, in in the younger kids classes, like you know, because like. It's so like, like, like no one needs to be looking up, you know, to, like, I don't need to be the only instructor at all times. It's, you know, so empowering for these kids to look up to Sarah and see Sarah, like, you know, in front of them teaching spider guard, you know, because to be really, 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 really honest, I use spider guard one time, one time in my entire career of competition. I used spider guard one time to win one match and that was it she's used spider guard to win all of her matches. So she's actually has more experience winning matches using spider guard than I do. And it's just like, like, it's so cool for the kids, you know, like, Uh, to be able to see that, you know, and that's, that's what real, you know, uh, uh, true leadership is. They, they, giving them the opportunity, giving them these opportunities and seeing them, you know, spread their wings and, 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 you know, they, they get a chance to even see for themselves that, you know, they, they can do this, that leadership has nothing to do about rank title position or age. It is a choice. It is a decision to just help out and look out for those around you, you know, and that is the true anthropological definition of what a leader actually is. And I could not do that. I couldn't write it down. I could not communicate it as co- even as confidently as I just did. You know, gosh, when did we build that team? Like it was the, the first team we built was like six years ago. So get it, getting the chance to, to continue to, you know, not just teach martial arts, but you know, hand in hand in tandem, right alongside it, you know, teach martial arts, but then like, like cause learning martial arts is great, but why are we doing this? What should we be using our skills for? How do we use our skills both on the mat, but even more importantly, off the mat, off the mats, We need to be leaders. We need to be the leaders in the community. We need to be the ones taking the sand. We need to be the ones looking out for other people. That is our job. And as martial artists, as, as, you know, uh, uh, being able to teach, you know, the, the, the highest level of self-empowerment and confidence, it is our responsibility to look at ourselves as martial arts leaders in the community, you know, and not just people that can beat people up.
0: Hell yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no man that's that is super inspiring like I mean that is there is I I feel a very simple a similar sense of responsibility it's like uh it's like a duty you know yeah absolutely so and too you know and uh like uh my experience with leaderships is that it's a very selfless thing and it's not um it's not something that I'm like oh yeah I love being a leader You know it's like a lot of times it it can be burdensome or it can be um it can be a lot of stress or it can be not having answers repeatedly like you mentioned earlier you know but but the the process of it is rewarding you can't not learn from it and you you know it's um it's been very rewarding for me over the years anyway so
1: absolutely you know like and that's 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 the hardest thing too you know like again, people will pay it lip service and throw it around, you know, like, you know, oh yeah, you know, we teach leadership, being a leader is awesome, you know, and whatnot. Like, like, you know, like, and don't get me wrong, it is, but in what sense, you're absolutely right. It's not always easy. It's honestly one of the hardest that you are going to endure so many hardships from it and through it by, you know, stepping into that role. However, at the end of the day, it is very rewarding It's very fulfilling and will leave you, you know, with a feeling of a sense of accomplishment and contentedness, you know, that you have really helped other people around you. And sometimes, honestly, most times they don't really appreciate it in that moment. It's usually something that comes around years later. They'll look back and it was like, you know what? You told me the hard truth then. You know, I see it now. You were really trying to look out for me, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's just like that, you know, like, like, like in, in, you know, and I tell my kids this all the time, you know, it sounds really great. You know, who who wants to be a leader? You know, everyone raises their hand. Okay. You know, like, like, like now how many of you guys like, you know, want to endure the hardest thing you're going to ever endure, you know? and not as many hands go up if you're not willing to endure and suffer you know extreme hardships you know especially from an emotional level because that's you know what where leadership takes its biggest toll is like you know like you are you 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 are trying to to help and your 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 intention is to help but it's not always received that way you know Sometimes people don't want to hear what you have to say, you know, like my leadership team. Now I tell them constantly, like, I am not building a team of yes, men. Don't, don't tell, don't search for words. Don't tell me, you know, especially when I ask for your opinion, don't tell me what you think I want to hear. That's not what I want. I, 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 you know, cause I, I mean, I'm at where I'm at now, you know, like I want to be, you know, I want to hear what you really think. I want, I want real feedback i don't i don't want it sugar coated i don't want you to you know, just tell me whatever you think i want to hear you know if you think that i'm screwing up i want to hear it you know and i mean i'm i'm you know one one of them she's 8 you know i uh uh this 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 is a fun story you know um I, I, I saw some kids out of the corner of my eye while I was teaching a move once, you know, kind of messing around, you know, they'd already been warned a couple of times in class, you know, so I, I, all of a sudden this big commotion happened, you know, and I just, like I said, I caught out of the corner of my eye, you know, I was like, Hey, you three go over there on that part of the wall, have a seat, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll address you guys in a minute. And, uh, you know, so, uh, my, one of my, one of my leadership team kids, uh, her name is Elisa she's eight years old. She saw, uh, she saw everything because she was, uh, uh, you know, I was using another one of the leadership team kids to show a move. And so she got to see what all the commotion was about. She got to see it actually play out, you know, so we break and they, everyone got their part where they started drilling and I started walking over there to those kids, you know, and again, they've already been warned a couple of times in class. Like, you know, I was, I was kind of on the war path, you know, I was like, this is going to be a very firm delivering now of, you know, hey, we can't act that way. We can't be a disruption and distraction, you know, when I'm teaching moves. This is, you know, part of the discipline we need to learn, you know, as as martial arts students, you know. But I had gotten it wrong. The real instigator was someone much further out of the corner of my eyesight that I could see and and so he was over there still drilling you know and i like i said i'm on the warpath well elisa comes and runs right in front of me and she was like hey professor Rader," she started to say something and i just kind of like you know, uh, uh, just like, like a wide, <laughs> whoop, you know, I was like, I'll be with you in a second. And she had to, she had to do a circle. She had to turn a run around, get right back in front of me. She was like, Whoa, hang on. And, like put both of her hands out in front of me and just said, stop. Like, I need to tell you something. And, and, and I was like, well, if Elisa is doing this, I probably better hear her out. Cause I didn't know what it was about. She was like, like, I don't think you saw exactly what happened, you know? And, and, and so she told me what happened. And I, I, I looked right down at her and I was like, thank you so much, you know? Cause like these kids weren't really the ones really responsible. It was the other one, you know? And, uh, you know, that like, like, and I, you know, so I, I share that story with them all the time. Like, you know, she was not afraid to get in front of, she's eight years old and I'm 26 you know uh don't 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 i don't like to admit my age anymore you know like no i'm 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 almost 34 and i've got this eight-year-old girl who had the guts to because I, t- I tried to just you know kind of like whoop, you know like 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 a wide receiver passing a cornerback you know just passed her by she had the guts to turn around and get back in front of me it was just like stop you know you I, like because she knew she knew i didn't see what really happened you know and we were able to get it right you know and 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 that's awesome you know it's like that's that I, I, I like, you know, and I like, I have so much respect for her now, you know, and it's just like, you know, like, 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 those I'm, I'm not building a team of yes men. I'm building a team of people that are not afraid to stand up to me, you know, like, like, I will hear you out, you know, and we may not always agree. But at the end of the day, I'm going to value your opinion, in, 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 you know, like, like, and that you delivered it to me. Honestly, you know, and, and of course, like we're all going to always present a united front, you know, but like, especially in our leadership team meetings, like, man, if there's something, you know, or, 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 or something like that, you know, like, which was, you know, a very, you know, private one-on-one conversation, you know, I mean, she didn't, she didn't stand up in the middle of class and was just like, Professor Rader, you completely missed that. Blah, 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 blah. You know that would have been disrespectful. You know, but you know she she did have the guts to turn right around, run around, get in front of me, and uh, you know it was it was it, it was really a cool moment. You know to see like you know, and again it it just goes to show you you know leadership has nothing to do with age has it has nothing to do with age like you know she was there and she was looking out for her two other younger teammates you know <laughs> i was i was getting ready to go have a very firm conversation with you know before they jump back into class you know and uh, you know that's you know and 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 we were able to get the the whole situation right which was awesome you know so it's it's, it's another story that i look back on and and you know they, they, it actually had happened one other time sarah Lau. Uh, you know, had had done that to me once. Uh, I, I misinterpreted a situation, and she came to me later. She was like, "Hey, here's what really happened." And you know, I have you know, and and especially if I'm wrong, I'm the first to apologize. You know, I had to uh, call one of the kids over again after class. Hey, you know what? This is what I saw. This is what I thought I saw. This is how I interpreted it. You know, like you know, your teammate Sarah Lau told me like, hey, that's not really exactly what happened, you know, so I'm going to give you an apology right now, you know, because those things happen. And that's just how, like, like that's how, like, like, it's also how you learn to disagree and respect each other as opposed to just like, oh my gosh, they disagree with me. I hate them now, you know, like, that's not, that's not good or productive either, you know? So yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been an incredible journey.
0: Yeah. And that, man, that's leadership too. Just the ability to be like, you know what? I was wrong.
1: And it happens. It happens, you know? <laughs>
0: it does. You know, and like with jiu-jitsu over the years, like, I mean, I've adapted and changed. Like, let's just say you showed me a better way to do the guillotine or whatever. I'd be like, hey, guys, maybe that previous way I was showing you.
1: I do it all the time. All the time, you know? like Like, I know what I'm really good at, but I'm also okay with – not being good, you know, like, like, and, and, and that's the story that I share with my kids. Now it's, you know, I get asked, you know, all the, like, like, first of all, it's like, like a lot of times people just assume that I wrestled in college. I didn't, I didn't wrestle in college. You know, people ask me why, you know, and, and, and I've had some different answers over the years, you know, like the answer I used to give was, I just didn't think I had what it took. And that's true. All right. But the real reason all right. If, if I look at the real hard truth and I really break it down, the reason I didn't was because I did not possess the strength to be vulnerable and tell anyone how I was feeling. I guarantee you, if I had told my coach, hey, I'm considering not wrestling in college because I don't think I have what it takes because I wasn't believing in myself, I guarantee you 15 minutes of talking to my wrestling coach, Andy Howington he would have he would have turned me around i, I very well might have wrestled in college but i didn't possess the humility to be open and vulnerable and be secure in what i know and what i don't know i actually thought the complete opposite back then i thought if i yeah, i thought if i had that conversation with him he would look at me as like a wimp or a weakling or that i was weak and i and and so i felt like if i opened up and i was vulnerable like that i i i really felt like I would be looked at as weak. Whereas, you know, like, like we have a very warped view, you know, I, I believe today in, in our society of what like, you know, the true definition of humble is. You know, humble is not, you know, like what we, you know, like, like we teach kids not to brag, which, which again, you you shouldn't do. You don't, you don't want to, you know, come off as arrogant. Okay. But, but, but so, okay. If, 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 if coming off as arrogant is like, you know, bah, look at me and, and bragging or whatnot, what's the complete opposite? You know, the complete opposite is, you know, like not talking about yourself don't think good things about yourself you know uh uh uh, you know like 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 how do a lot of people view humility oh it's not me you know have you ever been given a compliment and you're like no i just i just got lucky i really suck you know like that's not humility that's not even modesty that right there that's weakness okay that's weakness all right humility all right is not that okay humility is being okay and open with being vulnerable all right that's what real true humility is and so we get we have a very warped view we think of you know what what we think of as humility is actually you know real weakness Had i opened up all right and i had the strength to open up or whatnot i very well might have wrestled in college and who knows what i might have gone on you know to do who knows how my life might have been different i don't necessarily regret my decision to to keep grappling or whatnot but at least i would have made the decision for the right reasons then because i made it for all the wrong reasons and so that's that's another you know like like it's very very important to be you know secure in what you know and what you don't know and there are plenty of people like 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 i said you know earlier sarah lao has a much better spider guard and has used it to win more matches than i have you know i'm the the you know the the two-time black belt world champion or whatnot you know but like I know, I know, you know, where I'm good and I know where other people can learn from other people, you know, and, and probably even, you know, make it better. for. And you know what, if that takes them that much further and makes them that much better, that much faster, I have the, the, I don't need to always be the one teaching. I don't need to always be the one in the spotlight, you know, first of all, share that spotlight, you know, if you're going to be a leader, also part of being a leader is building those up around you, not, you know, making them feel like they should, you know, like, like, you know or 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 that i feel like oh my gosh like you know what if more people look up to sarah than me now you know like if 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 you have that kind of thinking you have a very you know you you have a a security insecurity problem
0: yeah yeah man For, well man it sounds like you have got some awesome momentum going behind your academy and you have an amazing background and i'm excited i talk to people about this a lot it's like yeah, the you know the Greg Jacksons and all our heroes, yeah. you know, all our heroes. Yeah, but what about their students? I'm excited about what they're gonna do.
1: Right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, and and we can get so caught up in you know the 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 legends, you know, and 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 gold medals or whatnot, you know. Like, there's a lot going on out there that maybe we should try to shed and bring some more light to, you know, like like other than what happens on the the world competition level stage. And don't get me wrong, like. That will build you a platform, you know, but how, like, what are you going to, like, what are you going to use with that platform? Who are you going to, who might you be able to shed light on and share your platform with, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Well, man, I really appreciate you once again for, for coming on the podcast. Uh, hopefully we'll get to see you soon and, um, you know, happy rolling and stay safe and everything in the meantime.
1: Yep. You guys too. Yeah. Thanks so much again for having me. I always appreciate the opportunity absolutely an honor and uh, yeah hopefully you know like most of the you know as we continue to move hopefully you know like uh, or move through phases like hopefully we'll be able to you know like be able to get around you know back to you know in-person training and i hope to make it up there again soon
0: all right man awesome we'll, we'll see you then take care all right take it easy man